Tony Ralph, who is one of the chief AFL writers for the Herald Sun and the face of Fox Footy, joins us on the show now. Ralphie, good morning. Hi, guys. I had to apologise to my nine-year-old daughter on Saturday for being a lunatic. Now, that's not ideal, is it? But it was... Well, there was a silver lining. Richmond Geelong, um, 70,000. Epic finish. Your momentum, twists and turns, MRO issues. And you know what? It, I reckon it was almost as good a, uh, an atmosphere as we've had you know, since before COVID, I know there have been amazing games. I know there's been, you know, Brisbane, Gabba Grand Finals, um, Perth Stadium Grand Finals. But it was it was all the things that we love about football. And, and really, you know, at times haven't felt, you know, through this COVID period. And uh, it was epic. And I know there's been a lot of dramas that we've had to concentrate on. But it just gets that feeling as we get past the, uh, the winter equinox or whatever it might be, the winter solstice, that the days are getting longer down in Melbourne. And um, we're building towards something absolutely spectacular this season. Well, Ralphie, uh, yeah, it was a three-point cliffhanger won by Geelong. Richmond's arguably their best player of the year, Dion Prestia, taken out in the first quarter by Geelong's All-Australian defender, Tom Stewart. Tom Stewart takes the uh, game-defining mark late in the fourth quarter and three days later is rubbed out for a month. Uh, absolutely. And you know what? And after three days of uh, a lot of people saying, oh, well done for Tom to be able to concentrate and play the game and as a Richmond supporter saying, stuff that. We lost the game because Adam Kingsley had, uh, and literally Adam Kingsley, our uh, Richmond assistant coach, had literally that day said, no, 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 not Dustin Martin. Uh, uh, Dion Prestia is clearly our best player. So if, for the avoidance of doubt, we clearly had our best player rubbed out. And so, so many people have been, uh, yes, um, complimentary of the way he played. And then last night, he showed they were right uh, all along because he got rubbed out for a month. And he said, the only thing that matters is Dion Prestia and his, uh, his well-being. He said, I don't want uh, mean and tricky sort of defences. You know, I don't want to say, look, it could have been careless, but it actually was severe, et cetera, et cetera. He just fell on his sword. You know, the, the, his legal counsel did make some kind of act for contrition. But afterwards as well, he just said, look, the only thing that matters is me taking full responsibility. The only thing that matters is the, is the brain, let's face it, of uh, Dion Prestia, who, who at least was cleared of any significant damage. And he copped his month and he'll move on. And there's some significant games forged along within that period. But, um, but it was a thuggish act from a player who proved once and for all he is not a thug. And I think that's a great thing from Tom Stewart to accept the responsibility. Last week, Ralphie, you used the word frisson, and today you've used equinox. This is becoming an educational oh, segment. Oh, yeah. footy. Uh, this is great. Uh, but look, after the Tom Stewart incident, the old chestnut send-off uh, was raised again. I mean, as long as I've been watching AFL in the, since the 70s, periodically that comes up, going right back to, you know, Dermy Burton being cleaned up in the grand final that time. <laughs> I mean, has it got any legs, or uh, are they going to look at a sin bin or a send-off? Well, this is what we love in the media. Three days of discussion about it. Now, unfortunately for us, I spoke to the AFL only hours after the, uh, the, uh, the hit, and the AFL said, look, it's just not happening. But, but what we do get is we, we try uh, uh, pull a lot of things up the flagpole, you know, and we see whether they would pass muster. Uh, the best proposal for me is to have Michael Christian, the MRO boss, uh, in the, the ARC, which is their, their hub with all the video reviews, and you do it through the finals. We all understand that if you lose your best player, there is a sub-rule which allows you to replace them, of course, not with a, another player of, uh, of commensurate standard, but also but with a player, you don't lose those, those critical rotations. But I would love to see it come in for the final series only. Now, it just means that, you know, in the one occasion, uh, which is a grand final, where there's no real repercussions the next week, you knock a player out, you get four weeks, who cares, you just won the grand final. Well, it's just in the back of your mind, there is the capacity for you to be taken out of that game. Now, you know, I can't see them bringing it in, um, you know, in the long-term future anyway, but I do love that proposal. 
you're not going to have a send-off rule for 198 games with Michael Christian sitting in that hub. But in the one game that matters more than anything else, you just think about a St Kilda who, of course, has that you know half-century-long drought, losing because, say, let's call it Jack Steele. He gets taken out by the worst player on another uh, on the opposition team. Yeah, the, the grand final is just too important not to have that capacity to do it. But, you know, as you guys say, you know, so many other professional sports laugh at us because we haven't even considered that kind of uh, capacity. Ralphie, a uh, couple of big announcements yesterday. The AFL came out and let the clubs know about the protected area and 50-metre free kicks here. We always talk about rules on the run and how the AFL, you know, always says, no, we don't introduce rules on the run. Well, well that would seem in exactly what it's done, a really reactive decision for a, a, a an issue that no one really felt was too much of a problem anyway. So what happens is there is a, there is a channel each side of the man on the mark, a 10-metre protected zone, and if players run into that zone, well, they, they're given a 50-metre penalty. The whole point of it, of course, is to allow that player to kick inboards or outboards to really free up the ball movement, and it's really worked spectacularly. What has happened, though, is, is, is a, is a uh, teammate of that player on the mark. He runs towards him with his uh, tagger in, uh, in tail, and then he darts off one side, and he effectively traps that player on the other side of the mark, you know, sitting there, you know, shag on a rock. And so that player often gets a 15-minute penalty against him. So what the AFL has said now is that, you know, if you're, if you're deliberately bringing your player in with the only intention, basically, to, to draw a 50-metre penalty, well, that now is not a 50-metre penalty. Now, as usual, the AFL never really thinks about the unintended consequences. I think what it does now is it allows the, the opposition player to trail in behind, you know, that, that, um, that teammate of the man on the mark and then doesn't really have to even try and get around the man on the mark. And if you just sit there... You know, on, on the inboards corridor and block off the, the, the ball flow and block off the, the inboards kick. So I, every single rule is brought in. There is a loophole that uh, coaches and players think about very quickly. Um, you know, there are lots of rules. There's probably 50 rules that would love to change mid-season. I reckon this is not in the top 50 that they should change. And so yeah, it, it, all it does is, is disenchant the older brigade who hate rule changes and it confuses the rest of us who know that the loophole will, will, will absolutely be exploited there. Uh, Ralphie, this time last week we were all uh, looking forward up here in particular to the uh, Melbourne-Brisbane uh, match. Uh, <laughs> that evaporated fairly shortly into the game when Brisbane obviously uh, got belted. Did it jolt your view that they're a realistic chance for the Premiership this year? Well, it did, yeah, it did. Um, I haven't written them off. You know, some including Jason Dunstall, who is, of course, a proud Queenslander, you know, kicked second most goals in NFL history. He said, look, they can't win. They can't win if they can't... Um, not play well, but the, the real issue was the toughness test. Now, you know, it was fantastic and fascinating from uh, Chris Fagan, the Brisbane coach, to, to put it on us in the pre-match on Fox footy. He said, this is a toughness test for our players. And yet they were absolutely eviscerated. They were, they were mauled, as David King said in the coverage, something like 30 contested possessions down in the first half. They utterly failed the toughness test. Now, you know, as well as that, um, they have been accused of being meek. That their big key forwards, John Brown, who, of course, the Triple Premiership star and former Brisbane captain, said it's a nice place to play when you're playing loose in the, in the defence against the likes of, of course, you name names, Eric Hoopwood, Dan McStay, and also Joe Danaher. And so I have no doubt they'll come out breathing fire this week against the Western Bulldogs at the Gabba tomorrow night. But can they sustain it through four finals? They haven't shown the capacity to be able to do that. Their best is absolutely good enough to win the Premiership. So, yeah, a little line-in-the-sand moment for Brisbane. I cannot wait to see how they respond on Thursday night. If I was a Brisbane Lions player and John O'Brown said that about me, I would really want to change how I play the game to, to win his confidence back, I would imagine, Ralphie. 
Yes, well, well, the great Alf Brown, who was a legendary journalist down here, when the coaches came in, he said, uh, OK, this is what will happen. You will give me the selection news. If anything significant happens, uh, you will call me. That's how much power he had. <laughs> but it also meant that at times those coaches could call him and say, hey, I wouldn't mind if you just fired up my boys. I wouldn't mind if you just smacked them around in the press because he knew that the answer would be fierce. Now, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest Chris Fagan would have done that. That would never have happened. But, um, yeah, uh, I would think that Chris Fagan would be absolutely thrilled that, um, that that comment was made by John Brown on Fox Footies on the couch because, um, yeah, he would know exactly the response. Now, now we talked a little bit last uh, week about Dan McStay. Who is Dan McGoing? It's the worst pun in football, but we'll continue to use it. Um, I'm, I'm now certain that he will play for, for Collingwood next year. Um, yeah, really fascinating to see how he just shows the newfound maturity of, of AFL football, um, even though he will play for another team next year and a, and a big opposing Melbourne team. He just needs to come out and just show some real professionalism and just play his absolute butt off to the end of the season. I've no doubt that he will do that. But um, it just adds another layer to, to what's already a spectacular Thursday night contest at the Gabba. And they did have some really good news yesterday coming out of the uh, the training rooms there at the Gabba. We saw the footage, Ralphie, uh, with Lockie Neal announcing to the team that he will be staying on a three-year contract extension at least till the end of 2026, and he wants to win a flag. No doubt about that. And it just shows why Brisbane, you know, for all the criticism this week, is an exceptional club through from Chris Fagan to, you know, Danny Daly, their football boss, and, of course, their chief executive as well in Greg Swan. You know, when it was that he just considered going home over the off-season, they didn't pressure him, they didn't rush him, they didn't force him into an answer. They just said, take your time. And what they were able to do was work through a solution that, that, that actually saw him, you know, staying without extending his contract. But within months, he was already thinking to himself, no, this is the right place for me. So his, um, his um, uh, partners or his wife's parents have, been, have now been able to get across during COVID. That was a massive issue for them. They've, of course, had a beautiful young bub, and that's all going well. And so he becomes a, a Brisbane Lion now for life. He's an elite player. He's, a, he's an elite character. He's exactly why Brisbane's great. And, and I think that, that was their, that was their uh, pressure test of how they handle a situation like that when he wanted to go back to Fremantle. And, and they passed it, and so did Lockie with flying colours. Good on you, Ralphie. Always a pleasure. We'll chat next week. Thanks, guys.